We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Dean here. It's Dean7904. If you want to get all technical on me, it's 3 o'clock on the East Coast. It's noon on the West Coast. Of course, that means it's time for Yahoo! DFS Live, presented by Roto-Grinders, where we meld the world of season-long uh, experts and DFS uh, you know, players as well. We bring in two of the finest from Yahoo! It's no uh, no different this week. Leading off is uh, Scott Pianowski. Scott, how's, uh, how's Thursday treating you? Good. Uh, looking forward to the Seahawks and Cardinals tonight. Maybe a good game. Starting to get a little frosty in, uh, in November in Detroit, which I'm fine with. And um, I finally had a good DFS week. I didn't win it, but I came in second. So at least I don't have to put the bag over my head. Let's talk some football. <laughs> we'll talk about your lineup in just a second. And we'll talk about the Thursday game too, because uh, I think it is kind of interesting and something we're talking about. And one of the players I definitely don't want to play is something we'll talk about as well. But uh, also let's bring in Andy Barons. Andy, how's, uh, how's Thursday treating you? Good, good. Uh, I'm waiting for the Zeke news to break for what feels like the eighth time this year, right? Um, I, you know, as to last week's uh, DFS contest, we like we all lost to Brad Evans, right? Nobody, like, nobody <laughs> all lose to Brad Evans. Did he did he brag about this? Did he mention it to anybody, or he's just kind of like humble and quiet about it? Um, he usually he usually waits to tell me all about it in person, so I expect to hear about it this weekend extensively. Talk I, have about- rule, I have a rule. I don't cheerlead for those who cheerlead for themselves. So, <laughs> you know, Brad, Brad, I remember once Terrell Owens, this is kind of apropos because they brought the touchdown celebration back. One year, Terrell Owens scored a touchdown and then went in with the, with the cheerleaders, took the pom-poms and, uh, and did the cheerleader. That's basically the Brad Evans move without the touchdown. Oh, I, so I like the marker one. Like he actually was, he was playing with a marker in his sock, right? Like yeah, he was, was awesome. The Terrell <laughs> Owens was, was fantastic. The fact that they have not put him in the hall of fame immediately to make yeah. the, the voters are just kind of jerking him around. So stupid. He's overqualified to be in that place. Um, heck, I just wish he, I, I wouldn't mind if he came back and played with all the injuries this year. You know, if Terrell Owens wanted to play for the Patriots, I'd be fine with that. He'd be the wide receiver one for the 49ers right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> like go right back in the 49ers. Like, he never would do the same for the Bears. Like, There's probably three teams on which he would be the best receiver uh, and, on the roster currently. And, and for all we know, Pierre Garcon and uh, and Marquise Goodwin may have the best TD celebrations in the league. We'll never see them. <laughs> they, they don't score. You know? They've been planning it out for nine weeks. One of these weeks, they'll, they'll bust it out for sure. Uh, we're going to talk about Week 10 in just a second. We, of course, we always look back and kind of see we, we had this contest for RG guys and Yahoo guys. Uh, we enter a contest every single week and see how we did. Uh, Scott, we'll talk about, uh, I guess, your victory lap amongst the three of us. You, you finished second out of 15th. I absolutely tanked. We'll talk about me in a second. But uh, how about yourself, Andy? Where, where did you land uh, in this contest? And we'll talk about uh, your um, line of construction. I'm just looking at it right now. I was 11th last week, which not great. Um, I, You know, I, my the guys at the money positions for me all basically underperformed their projection. Um, the, the killer for me was Kareem Hunt, right? Quiet workload, played about half the snaps in the game for his team. Um, I, I don't feel bad about him going forward. Obviously, began the season with like 700-yard games. Uh, just a, one of those quiet Andy Reedish forgets his running back sort of weeks from him. And that really doomed me from the from the start. There's no overcoming that. I got Jay Cutler right. That was kind of sort of something. Uh, three touchdown passes out of him. But uh, Jay, shockingly, was not enough to carry me past uh, the juggernaut that was Team Evans. Yeah, as for myself, I finished right behind you. I finished 12th. I got Jared Goff right. And then, like, that kind of where it stops. Uh, I was all the Lamar Miller. I thought, like, they'd be forced to run the ball a ton. But, like, you just can't – like, that offense is so inept. It's so bad without Watson. Uh, he just – he looks – I mean, I don't know how much it was his fault. Just the, the, the offense as a whole looks terrible. Uh, Michael Thomas, I, I keep chasing. Like, he's he's going to score one of these days. He's going to have that big day. And, like, you know, he, he's due for some touchdown regression. You mentioned Kareem Hunt. He's a guy that had so many touchdowns to start the season, some big runs as well, too. But uh, – he is what a month or so. We have, maybe he's got a, a secret touchdown celebration. He's waiting to, waiting to bust out. We haven't seen in a while. Uh, Des Bryant. Oh, I, I actually had a little bit of TJ Yeldon. I chased that. Uh, oh boy, I chased that news. That was that did not go well. It was a disaster for me. Let's move on. It did not go well for uh, for the old <laughs> almanac. My week was poor. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, you know, Scott, you uh, you put up a pretty solid number there. One twenty eight and change. Yeah, I mean. When you come in second, you know, I mean, do the Carolina Panthers have NFC championship banners that they hang? I mean, <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's nice. The idea is to win it. Um, you know, Jacoby Brissett's been a really nice value player. He actually has four top 10 quarterback performances on the year. It's just by comparison, I, I know it's not a perfect metric. It doesn't mean he's a great player necessarily. But Marcus Mariota has one. Ben Roethlisberger has one. Brissett's quietly been a nice player. I know one of the touchdowns to Hilton was a little bit fluky. Um, they thought Hilton was down. Hilton realized he wasn't, got back up, but still, uh, I think Brissett's been a nice value this year. And uh, Marvin Jones was a hit for me. Um, Detroit has kind of accepted, even though they waste time with Abdullah every week, they've kind of accepted they need to be a pass-first offense. And when they throw it, it's mostly to Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. Jones has been a monster for three straight games, double-digit targets. He had the two touchdowns, 107 yards against the Lions. And and even though after this week, they get Cleveland this week, a cherry matchup, of course, the, the lineup, the matchups get a little bit harder in the playoff weeks, but I think Detroit, because they really only can go one way to produce and, you know, their tight ends stink. We haven't seen Kenny Galladay since his hall of fame uh, speech on opening day. <laughs> so I think we're going to see a lot of golden Tate, a lot of Marvin Jones and a lot of Matt Stafford. I think these guys, and again, not the greatest matchups after Cleveland this week. I don't care. These guys are going to be on championship rosters. I think next month. It's a, it's crazy. Holidays in the Hall of Fame and uh, Terrell Owens isn't. I don't know how that worked out, but uh, <laughs> somebody got to call for a recount or something like that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Thursday Night Football in a second, but since you're on it as far as Detroit, Scott, what are your thoughts? Uh, 
I mean, it's, it's not really chasing points, is it? If the matchup is good and the price is right. And I get, I'm fairly certain as far as Yahoo, like the, the pricing was already out before the Monday night, uh, mm-hmm. you know, big game there happened for Marvin Jones. And he's been getting a ton of targets to late anyway. Like, you know, basically around 10 or so the last three weeks and he's facing Cleveland. Looks like he's on the, the wrong side of the, the cornerback matchup, but uh, you know, macro versus micro, I suppose, but I don't care. Uh, Cleveland stops the run and you can, yeah. Cleveland stops the run and you can pass on them. Detroit can't run the ball and they can pass. So like Scott, like I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to get some, uh, we'll talk about Stafford in a second, but what about his receivers? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I don't want to say too much about it. Cause I know Matt has a take on uh, Matt. Uh, Andy has a take on Matthew Stafford, but I, you know, is it chasing points when you're up against Cleveland? I, you know, I, I don't think it is. It, here's one thing about defense. Okay. No, no, just to give an idea of what matters on defense, the Jaguars, are the best pass defense in the league. I believe they're 31st in run defense DVOA uh, per football outsiders, and they overall have the number one defense. The Browns have the best running defense in the league. Uh, <laughs> they have a bad pass defense, and I think they're 18th in the league in overall DVOA defense. So, uh, kids, if, if you're going to stop the pass of the run, let me tell you, uh, you know, it's going to be the pass defense. Who cares if they run on you? We've seen this before. Um, if it's, it doesn't matter if they get four or five yards to carry, that's not going to beat you. The idea is the guys running past you, the guys are in the end zone, you know, the teams that are throwing for 300 yards on you, Cleveland, as usual, doing it wrong. And Jacksonville, as usual, doing it right. Now, I guess I can't really say that, but uh, the Jaguars finally have a football team after sucking for, you know, how many ever years and those awful helmets and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, Andy, you have some comments on Matt Stafford as I've kind of trampled over your lead, but let me throw the floor to you. Well, no, actually, if I can underscore what you're saying about uh, Jacksonville, and, and they're another team that I intended to talk about a little bit later, but ja- like Jacksonville's had a bunch of situations so far this year where they're like, please run the ball. Um, we, we remember the London game, right? The Baltimore, they're, they're facing Baltimore, they're up by 30, um, and they're giving Alex Collins whatever. You know, you're, you're running down the clock, you're getting us out of here. Um, they didn't care. Uh, there's a couple of other situations for that. Alex Collins is another player who has the greatest touchdown celebration in the world that we have not seen yet. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. So they, they've just had a little bit of that. I mean, Jacksonville is also allowing the fewest points per game, right? Like they're, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't overplay the whole, you can run the ball against Jacksonville thing because they've just, the game script has, uh, has led them to some situations where they are begging you to run the football and certainly willing to give up five, six yards per carry. Uh, while you're down multiple touchdowns against a great defense. Um, as to Matthew Stafford, yes, uh, Stafford was on on uh, deck for me to talk. Uh, this week, he carries a high price tag, right? He's 37 bucks in our daily game, um, and I love him. <laughs> I like, I'm not building every lineup around Matthew Stafford, but I've built a healthy number of lineups around him so far. Um, it's not a prohibitive price, and then obviously we look at this matchup with the Browns. Not only is it difficult to run against the Browns, but Detroit can't possibly want to run the football after what they saw on Monday night. Um, It's not a dominant rush attack anyway. Stafford has three straight games with 300-plus passing yards. Of course, he was great against the Packers. He was great the week before that. Um, And then you look at Cleveland's pass defense. It has been atrocious. They allow a passer rating, an opponent's passer rating of 103. That's the second highest in the league given up 16 touchdown passes already. I think that's the third most in the league. Um, it is how you attack this particular bad team. Um, Stafford is absolutely clicking with, uh, with Tate, with Marvin Jones. Marvin now, last three games, has 37 targets. Um, so they're, like he's a circle of trust receiver for us right now. So, uh, yeah, even, even with the high price tag, I'm all about Stafford. 
Yeah, you're just talking about the, the era of running the ball. Like the 72 Dolphins are like the, uh, I don't know, the Otis Anderson, John Riggins guy, like the four yards in a cloud of dust. Like who who is still pushing that? Get get those coordinators out of the league. It's a passing league, obviously. Uh, yeah, so as far as guys, this is obviously uh, the topic of is uh, is he worth it? And uh, Andy, you're, you're saying that uh, Matthew Stafford is worth it. And that sounds like, uh, uh, Scott, you confirm, and I agree. Matthew Stafford seems really, really well positioned. Uh, how about yourself, uh, Scott? Who, who are you uh, considering paying up for this week? Well, you know, it's uh, it's been a year where so many teams have been uh, taken down by quarterback injuries or taken down by a major injury on offense. We can't trust the Packers anymore. We can't trust the Texans anymore. We can't trust the Broncos anymore. So where does the fantasy <laughs> owner look for relief? Of course, the New York Jets, Josh McCown, five straight games with multiple touchdowns. And then my specific player here is Robbie Anderson. And I mentioned him not because people don't realize Anderson is playing well, but just to underscore that even as Anderson is, I think, the 12th highest or 11th highest priced receiver this week in Yahoo, uh, that maybe uh, he may move up that list if, if Des Bryant doesn't play. Bryant's probably dinged up enough that nobody's going to touch him anyway. But 24 bucks for Robbie Anderson, and I'm happy to cut the check. That just shows you where we are in, in week 10, 2017. Touchdowns in three straight games, and now he gets a Tampa Bay defense that will gladly let you go anywhere on the field you want to go. Uh, they will escort you. They will be your valet. You just hand them the pink ticket and go where you want. And uh, so Robbie Anderson, man, the Jets, uh, very consistent offense. Talk, then you talk about the circle of trust. Robbie Anderson is in there. He's probably giving directions and handing out drinks and whatnot. And I, I expect another multiple touchdown game from Josh McCown. And then if anybody's going to catch a touchdown pass here, it's Anderson. Uh, we, we know that um, Jeremy Curley's out of the way. You know, Shafir and Jenkins having a nice season, but not the biggest volume season. I think maybe Anderson's breakout year may be a little bit obscured from some other things. It sounds like maybe even no Matt Forte, which may funnel more to Anderson as well. Uh, the sticker shock may get you off him because he's at 24 bucks, but I am happy to cut that check. Yeah, that was my first thought. I was like, I hope he's a little bit cheaper, but then like, you know, for that reason, it's probably going to get some people away from him as well. But, he, you know, one big play, he can make, he can justify that price tag as the one play against his Tampa Bay secondary, which is pretty dreadful. And I don't want to give too much away. I have a lot to say about this game. You do as well, because later on the show, you have one of, I believe your hot take has to do on the other side, but I mean, this is an amazing revenge. I love revenge. I love narrative. It's a double revenge game. Yeah. I mean, you have, you mentioned ASJ. ASJ hates the coach for Tampa. With yeah, he should. Yeah. Uh, he's hate him too, though. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, Dean, I have I'm I'm declaring it revenge week against you in DFS. So there's no chance I'm I win. Jailing, I'm done. I'm going to be jailing Ramsey to your uh, to your AJ Green this week. <laughs> so why why the helmets undefeated still right? Why are we still punching helmets? Like why are we doing that? Can we stop <laughs> helmet undefeated, right? <laughs> a win really would be more. I mean, there's an ear hole that would be more uh, you know constructive. I think. A little goofy, but it wouldn't hurt. And, you know, at least we get a little bit more effective. Hockey fights, right? The idea is that, you, you know, if you're, the men in the hockey fights throw the helmet off. They throw the gloves off. You know, they, they <laughs> yeah. make it clear that they mean business. Yeah, when, when the helmet's involved, the fight really takes on a, a different complexion. I, yeah, it's and that's my, it's a weird thing. That's, like, my one concern about A.J. Green this week. I hope his hand's all right. Like, if he drops a couple of passes, we'll know why. Uh, well, what are your thoughts there, well, maybe Andy? Amari Cooper, maybe Amari Cooper was fighting all summer or something. <laughs> <laughs> That, he that, moved. Guy, that guy makes Eric Ebron look like the good hands people. I mean, that's uh, getting a little ridiculous. Also, I thought Oakland deserved a taunting penalty for putting Amari Cooper on the, on the hands team. I mean, <laughs> what are you doing? You're, you're just flipping off the, the Dolphins at that point. Amari Cooper moonlights as a bouncer uh, or something like that for who knows. Start starting all the rumors out there. Get TMZ on it. 
so what are your thoughts there? Chime in there, Andy, as far as Robbie Anderson, 24 smackers. Yeah, I, I, first of all, I want to state for the record that I did not actually break this hand on <laughs> anyone's helmets. Uh, I, I know there are rumors out there. I'm not going to comment on it, but it wasn't on a helmet. It wasn't a violent incident of any kind. Um, yeah, I think Anderson has been pretty much money in the bank. And we saw this, we saw him begin to pop a little bit at the end of last season, right? Uh, he had a very murky off season. We worried about him coming into this year, but, uh, he's been, he's been not only better than advertised, but Josh McCown is still a functional quarterback, which is not something that I necessarily saw coming, but there it is. Um, Scott mentioned it multiple touchdowns in five straight games. McCown himself, um, a, a top 10 fantasy quarterback on the season at the midway point, which is kind of amazing to me. Um, and, you know, a, a totally reasonable play in DFS himself this week. Um, so sure, I, Anderson has become one of the most bankable receivers in our game. Uh, a guy you get for free in season long leagues not too long ago. Um, absolutely. At 24, you know, it's not an exceptional price tag, right? He's kind of right in there with the Golden Tates and Marvin Joneses of the world and deservedly so. We're recording this on a Thursday afternoon, of course. Forte hasn't practiced, I think, for a couple of days now. Uh, Andy, is there a chance you consider Bilal Powell at 16 bucks if Forte doesn't go? Sure. Actually, the first lineup that I'd uh, that I'd set of the week had Forte in there because he was like $13. And uh, I, you know, did a little uh, fudging with my defense and uh, found a way to squeeze Bilal Powell into that spot. I just, as Scott said, there's there's not much in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay will allow whatever you need, right? They're like a, a dinner and a movie defense, right? Um, and then, Dealer's and, choice. Yeah. Um, so sure, I absolutely can see Powell catching a touchdown. He, you know, it's unfortunate that he needs some other running back to get out of the way before they actually use him. But I, I think we're at that point now. I would you know, we'll see if Forte does anything tomorrow. Um, but, it, you know, whether he does or not, I, I wouldn't expect him to be anything more than limited tomorrow. And I would expect Bilal, Bilal Powell to take the lead. Crazy thing. McCown's uh, 32 bucks. Like he's been doing things like scoring, you know, multiple touchdowns in like what five, six weeks in a row, as you guys said. Uh, what, there's, there's only what, six, seven, eight uh, quarterbacks ahead of him. But Wilson on Thursday, Stafford, Brady, Prescott, Manning. Eli Manning is priced up, man. I can't believe I wanted an Eli. I wanted a cheap Eli Manning this week. Who's somebody is sharp who's ever doing this pricing yeah, Michael, over there? Michael, shout out to Michael Lazarus, who does our DFS pricing over at Yahoo and is a great guy. And how did NBC not flex this uh, this McCown Fitzpatrick game this Sunday night? I mean, Brock, <laughs> Brock Osweiler is, is going to be on in primetime. Nobody wants Oh, my that. God. There, you're right. There are so many um, narrative street issues here, right? This is a revenge game for absolutely everyone involved, for both quarterbacks, for ASJ, probably for oh, both teams. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like I, I really think it's going to be one of the more exciting games yeah. uh, played this weekend. I'm, I'm definitely tuning in, and I'm hoping for the over because I think I'm going to have a fair amount of uh, – players and again we'll talk about more on the other side as far as Tampa Bay uh my guy that I want to pay up for this is super chalky but like Le'Veon Bell $41 I my approach here I mean I, I'm uh summoning my inner Jay Cutler as far as the asking price Le'Veon Bell. good <laughs> Bell. it's B-E-L-L -E -L -L, right <laughs> uh, well, well it's L-E there's like a little like an, uh, like an apostrophe like a yeah I, that's kind of tricky but the Bell part uh just B-E-L-L -L. have you heard of this guy he's the running oh, back the the -E -L -L? No? you're not saying Bilal <laughs> you're not saying Bilal you're saying Bell okay I'm not saying Good. Bilal <laughs> Le'Veon <laughs> Le'Veon Le he's, he's $41 it's, a, it's pretty steep asking but I don't I don't care I mean look it's a uh, He's well-rested off the bye. He's good to go for, what, 30, 30-ish touches or so against mm -hmm. Indianapolis. Indianapolis already already a disaster defense. They lost Vontae Davis now for the season with that groin, and now they lost their top, you know, PFF top rank or like top 15 ranked D lineman. Henry Anderson's out. Uh, like, And even if they're behind for whatever wonky reason, he can certainly catch the ball for seven, you know, seven, eight, nine times or so, a little bit of catch up. 
Like, uh, Scott, you chime in because it seems like – how do you not – tell me how you don't play Le'Veon Bell. Like, there's only so many premium running backs these days uh, that, that are going to get – you can kind of lock in for 30 touches. And he's also, like, really talented too, and the matchup's awesome. How do we not play this guy? Well, you know what? I, I kind of agree that there's only so many premium running backs, but it's been a very strange season. I, look, every football season is weird in its own way, so I don't, I don't want to fall into that trope. But this has been a year where I feel like it's harder to find premium receivers that you trust. I, I feel like every week there's five or six running backs who I feel if I spend a lot of money on, I feel really good. Oh, Bell's going to do great. I, I don't have anything, any problem with him at the price. Uh, well, I'll talk a little bit more about how Pittsburgh tends to play their road games, but you know, Indianapolis is one of the defenses we can pick on. You have rested Steelers. You have, I mean, what hasn't gone wrong with Indianapolis? They've, they've lost their, their best cover guys been out for a while. And he's, I guess he's off the team now. They just lost a defensive lineman. I, I can't, I can't see Bell falling short of a hundred total yards and a touchdown as a floor. And, and, you know, his monster game would be best game of the week. So yeah, I have no problem with that, but I do think it's interesting how the fantasy landscape has changed where I think in, in recent years, every week I could point to eight or 10 receivers. I couldn't wait to play that. That list is really tight this week to the point that I'm talking about Robbie Anderson in, in week 10. I mean, but I feel like at running back, not that they're coming out of the woodwork. It used to be in the, in the two thousands, you know, most teams preferred one running back to be the bell cow. And now they're, they're an endangered species, but I do feel like they've gotten, a little bit more of the control of the game back where a few years ago it used to be uh, the first round take receivers. It's a sucker play to take running back. Go zero RB. I think that thing has shifted. That pendulum has shifted somewhat. I think you can trust Antonio Brown. I think you can play both guys in the same lineup because I can see Pittsburgh scoring 40 40 points or so. Tell me this, just for the sake of argument. Okay, if we were redrafting and Antonio Brown was off the board and you were going to take a receiver, who would you take? Uh, how many legs does Julio Jones have? I mean, Julio Jones, who's allergic to the end zone. Yeah. Um, is it, I guess it's A.J. Green by default. We're soft, soft A.J. Green. You can take him out of the game by, by apparently chucking him around a little bit. <laughs> I can do this all that. You name anybody, I will talk him down. You're right. Hey, who who like, would be your, our, uh, your receiver to on a redraft? It's Julio, but it's, you know, I wouldn't be happy about it. I'd probably take a running back. There's like there's like two empty tiers between Antonio Brown and anybody. Else. <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, I just did my shuffle up for the rest of the season, and the gap between Brown and Julio was like nine or ten bucks. And obviously, a lot of this is simply related to some devastating quarterback injuries, right? We came into the yeah. season with luck down, but you know, man, you take yeah, Rogers, took Aaron Rogers out of the game, like pin, John Watson right? out of the game. That's that's five receivers who were arguably wide receiver ones, wide receiver twos, and now. Man, where's Jordy Nelson for you? He's not even a wide receiver, too, for me. Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers, there's like a bowling shot where you knock the one pin down, it takes all the other pins down. Yeah. I mean, it, that Green Bay offense is so just just depressing to watch. I, you know, I don't know what else to say. So this is not a DFS question, Scott, but I got, so you, you bring up Rodgers. Like, it seems like he's the most important player to his team. We talk MVP all the time, what that means and all that. But, like, I, is, is, is Wilson the second guy, Russell Wilson? I, you ima- imagine Seattle without Wilson and that off the offensive line, and they don't they don't delegate a bunch of funds there, and they can, you know what kind of quarterback they have. But imagine like, like a quarterback that's not as talented or as mobile as Wilson back there, Scram. It would be a disaster. Like he's is he the second most valuable player in the league? I mean, if you want to find it that way, I mean, I always think of MVP as a performance award more than a theoretical one. But I see what you're getting at. This is why I thought the Patriots were totally justified to make the Garoppolo trade where some people said, Oh no, but what if Brady gets hurt? Where are you going to be then? Where they probably realize, look, if Brady gets hurt, this whole shift, forget is, it. But what's the point? You know, Jimmy Garoppolo may be an effective player, but he's, he's not going to be Brady. And you know, that's a team that's very flawed actually, even though they're six and two, I mean, they don't have a great defense. They've 
lost key pieces on offense a uh, whole season without Edelman. Sounds like Hogan may be out for a while. I mean, you know, they're just another team that's okay, but has some clear Achilles heels. I still don't think any team is really all that great this year. I know the Saints are, are becoming kind of trendy. Philadelphia has been a really good team. And I think Wentz is legitimate, but uh, in a year with maybe no great teams. I hear you, though. I do not want to – I do not look forward to – I have a lot of Russell Wilson in leagues where I need him, and I just like watching Seattle anyway. I do not want to watch it's, – it's hard enough to watch Seattle with their offensive line stinks and their running backs. Ever since Chris Carson got hurt, they really haven't found anybody who can do anything. I think Thomas Rawls is just a, a stone trap. I'm not going near him tonight. But I would not want to watch Seattle football games that didn't have Russell Wilson in them. What's your take as far as the game, Seattle versus Arizona? I mean, I think uh, Baldwin looks pretty well positioned, but what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I think um, Baldwin will probably avoid Peterson. Uh, per pro football focus, Peterson has tended to not be a slot uh, cover guy in, in this game and chased around Baldwin, which is something you would think a team would be tempted to do. So I think he's in good spot. Uh, you know, Wilson, if Arizona plays a lot of man-to-man, -man, which means Wilson will probably run for 40 or 50 yards. He's had some big games in the past if you excuse that 6-6 tie they played when he was still clearly hurt. <laughs> I think Seattle probably wins a 24-20 you know, type of game. I don't think it'll, it'll be a, a pinball game, but um, you know, I'll have some Wilson. I'll have some Baldwin. Uh, I guess Adrian Peterson's going to get 20-plus carries, which against Seattle's rushing defense probably won't matter. And, uh, and I'll try to fade Drew Stanton like the rest of the world. I got to take on Peterson in a second. We're going to talk about though. We talked about some guys we like, guys we're willing to pay up for. Now we're going to talk about some guys we're not willing to pay up for. It's a hard pass. Uh, Andy, who are you, who are you not uh, necessarily playing this week? Um, I'm not paying up for Melvin Gordon. Now we got into the Jacksonville defense who he's facing this week a little bit earlier. Um, the key, the key for me with Jacksonville's defense is that they just don't allow any points. Right. And Gordon is a totally touchdown dependent player. Yes. He catches the ball a little bit. Um, but by and large, a, a guy who's not, he's, he's no great shakes in terms of yards per carry. He's not the most efficient runner in the world. Jacksonville allows less than 15 total points per game. So it's kind of a question of who is going to score the Chargers' lone offensive touchdown. <laughs> um, that might be Gordon, but at, at $33, I'm, I'm paying for someone who I can imagine having, you know, a multiple touchdown game, the sort of week that, you know, uh, dominates the positional leaderboard and I just I just don't see that in store for Gordon now he's, he's had the foot injury that he's probably overcome they come off a bye um, I, I just absolutely hate the opposing matchup and again the thing with Jacksonville I know they look good on paper as a matchup for your running back but they've had they've had all these instances this year where they're just they're just happy to sit back and give you five yards, six yards on the ground and let the clock run because they have these commanding leads. Um, that's happened a few times for them and it's affected uh, their, their statistics in terms of rushing yards allowed. So I'm, I'm not the least bit interested in Gordon here. Uh, $1 cheaper, Andy, is, oh, you're a Bears fan. Uh, Jordan, guy, Jordan Howard, yeah. Uh, uh, Jordan, I, I love Jordan Howard. First of all, what this Green Bay-Chicago game is going to set football back. We talked about the Larry Zaka, like the 72 Dolphins. It's going to end at 3 p.m. That's going to be over <laughs> an hour before every other game. It, it is going to be every Chicago-Green Bay matchup that I grew up with that ends 12 to <laughs> 9, right? Maybe, maybe it'll be 17 to 10, some kind of barn burner like that. Yeah, what, absolutely. The total number of passes in this game. like It's, it's, it's going to be like Army and Air Force or something out there. It's going to be such a disaster. Yeah. Uh, but like Jordan Howard at 32 bucks, and like if Chicago had their way – He's going to get the ball like 30 times, right? Yes, he is so much more attractive to me uh, than Melvin Gordon at a similar price in this one. You're right. There's there's almost no chance that, I mean, I you know, I've sat through some shellackings to the Green Bay Packers over the years. 
there's no way that happens with Brett Hundley at quarterback. Um, and it's really difficult to imagine Green Bay getting very far over, say, 20 points in this one. So the run is always going to be in play for the Bears. Um, and even when it's not, they still lean on Jordan Howard. So absolutely, barring injury, I think he probably finishes with 32, 33 touches. Yeah, I know he doesn't catch the ball or whatever, not as much as you want your running back to catch the ball, but I'm perfectly fine with 30, you know, rush the ball 30 times, he'll probably find the end zone, and it'll be a completely unwatchable game. I, I hope you have, like, red zone, or I hope you have the package where you're not forced to watch. <laughs> well, you're probably still watching it as a fan, I suppose. That's going to be the play, the game where when they put it in shortcuts, it's going to be, like, 15 minutes long. I mean, <laughs> that's a keep-the-meter-running-I'll-be-right-back game yeah. where it's going to end so early. You know, Chicago runs to set up the run. And, and the great thing, <laughs> the great thing with Howard is that that defense has quietly become a pretty good unit. So you never worry about the game flow getting out of hand. I, I don't think Chicago would unleash Trubisky anyway. But we talk about a player who's guaranteed for twenty plus touches. And the first thing you do when you look at the running back landscape every week is you get to handicap the games, and you want a running back on a team that's favored, a team that maybe is favored by a heavy chunk of points. And that's all the more reason to get away from Gordon is that you know an underdog against this Jacksonville team. It's not the right time. There are times to play Gordon. It's the wrong way to play Gordon. I, I agree with Andy's endorsement there. And I also think that Howard is a great play this week. Yeah, I mean, Gordon can get there through volume. I don't think he's particularly good. He can catch the ball six or seven times, I suppose. But it's, 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 the, it's the scenic route. It's not, Siri would not advise this. This is not the direct route to getting <laughs> fantasy points this week. Uh, Scott, tell us who you're passing on. Oh, well, sometimes, sometimes the navigation just gives you the screwiest way home. I, I've never really understood that. But... And right now, people are probably saying, yeah, show us all the satellites that you have designed and uh, compared notes. But <laughs> I, you know, I hate, I hate to, to ding Juju Smith-Schuster. He's been a really fun player. We talk about touchdown celebrations. He's one of the best touchdown celebrators in the league, and he actually scores touchdowns. But his price has graduated. He's, he's, he's actually more expensive than he is years old. He's 21 year, uh, 20 years old, $21 in the Yahoo game. It sounds like maybe Bryant will, will be in the mix. Not that I want to play Bryant or I even want to chase that, but it just may be another mouth to feed. We know Ben Roethlisberger on the road has become a thing. I don't think anybody has a great explanation for that, but um, it's, it's, you know, I, th I think Le'Veon Bell, as you mentioned earlier, although he's expensive, is, is going to be the heavy fulcrum of this offense. No shocker there. And uh, I'm, I'm just worried that Schuster has become a little too trendy, a little too expensive. It sounds like the tree may be a little bit wider this week. Uh, we don't trust their quarterback on the road. As I also mentioned before, Ben Roethlisberger won top 10 game on the season. So it's not like you're getting vintage peak Ben Roethlisberger this season. I just feel he's outgrown his price. Uh, Smith-Schuster needs to show me that he belongs in this class. And right now, uh, just a little too pricey for me. I'm going to avoid him. I want to hear some more information, of course. Again, it's just Thursday. But I've heard positive things so far about Martavis Bryant. And maybe I'm just – I'm living in like 2016 or so or 2015. Uh, but like 11 bucks, man. 11 bucks for Bryant. It's tempting – for a cash game, of course not because his floor is literally zero. But – uh, like one play can justify that he can, he can, you know, crack off a 70 yard catch. And I'm thinking about playing him in a tournament just because I don't, maybe I hate myself. I totally agree with you. And where most people seem to be on Josh Gordon, that's exactly where I am on Martavis Bryant. I'm going to be a Bryant truther until he's done. I mean, the comments are good. I mean, maybe just kind of make things right. Kind of, you know, try to forget like whatever happened. He's a great talent, obviously. And we know the, the secondary style of play, the style of play, right? I mean, he's, as you said, he could catch a 70 yard touchdown. I mean, he's, he's a guy who they were going to, they're probably going to take a deep shot or two to, and you only need that one play. It's not like he's somebody who runs a, a bunch of flat routes or something. He was going to, he's not like he's this, um, you know, um, Jarvis Landy type type of player. He, he's a field stretcher. 
He's a guy who runs nine routes. He's a guy who runs by people. And, and to be fair to Brian, he's had a couple of, of times this year where he's been clearly open and Ben's just missed them. He's yeah. wide open in that Bears game, should have been a touchdown. So it's not like Brian has all of a sudden lost his ability. We've actually seen flashes of it this year. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So I'm going to play him in a tournament and we'll see how that works out. Uh, it's funny. So the guy I'm passing on, Scott, you were talking about uh, Juju Smith his age, Adrian Peterson. Uh, look, he's playing Thursday night. The dude's 32 years old. He had 39 touches last week, 37 rushes on three days. I know he's like a cyborg and a robot or whatever. He's uh, historically was an amazing like, workout uh, warrior there at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care. He's uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not playing him. Uh, but last week, of course, he was in the positive side of game script. This week, it should be negative. He should be playing catch up or, you know, their team should be play playing catch up against Seattle. And that means less Peterson and more Ellington. So I, I'm not chasing these 37 touches. I'm sorry. Am I, am I wrong on this, Scott? Well, this is a time where I think the short turnaround, we, ha we have to factor it in. And, and a running back in his 30s, a guy who's had an amazing amount of attrition in his career, of workload. Um, Seattle's primarily uh, defensive strength is not to stop the run, but still, I, I would think that there would be some sort of give back, um, some sort of payback for the fact that he's been used the way he has. Uh, I'm not going to have any DFS exposure to Peterson tonight. Andy? Oh, I certainly wouldn't either on a, on a Thursday. What a, what a terrible way to get your week started. Right. Um, no, uh, I don't see another 30 plus touches for him. You mentioned the, the probability that game script will not go his way. And then he's not a guy who's necessarily on the field if they have to throw the ball. Plus we're tying ourselves to a Drew Stanton led offense and that is never a good idea. Uh, no, there's, I mean, there's nobody on the Cardinal side who's anything close to a must start for me. It's all right, Andy. Peterson never learned how to catch passes. I mean, he, for his, all the off, yeah. awesome talent the guy has, he may be, I mean, depending on how you feel about Tomlinson, he may be, or Marshall Falk, and he may be the best running back we've seen in, in the fantasy era, but he never really could handle the passing game. All right. I'm being told uh, Zeke is out, by the way, according to that breaking news, at least as of, as of oh, Thursday. Out, out, out Thursday in Friday. You know. As of as of Thursday, three thirty-five on the East Coast, uh, Zeke apparently is out this week. So there you go. Uh, to do with that what you will. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys prepped anything or any thoughts on that. I mean, Des Bryant, we don't even know what, what the deal with this with him. As far as do we have any thoughts on Scott in this? Any sort of backup plan or like the Dolphins are running backs are still really cheap too. So like we don't necessarily have to play that game as far as uh, punt uh, running backs. What I've been kind of what I've had the script in my head is that the moment as uh, Elliot's suspension hit. And I fully believe if he doesn't serve it this year, if something, if he somehow finds a way to get an appeal of an appeal of an appeal of an injunction of a stay, um, I, God, I, I, I've learned one thing from this thing. I'm not a lawyer. I just don't understand how all this stuff works. But I yeah. do think he's going to be suspended someday, whether it's this year, whether it's next year. I don't think it's going to magically go away. And I can't wait to use Dak Prescott when that happens. And I don't even care if Brian's on the field. I mean, the strange thing about Prescott and Brian is that they've never had this has not been like a Jordy Nelson, Aaron Rodgers relationship. A lot of times it's been Prescott with his legs. It's been Prescott throwing the different guys. Terrence Williams had a big game last week. We saw the two touchdowns from Cole Beasley that nobody could have anticipated. I think Dak is a special talent. He, he reminds me so much of Wilson. I mean, a guy who wasn't a first round pick, a guy who wasn't drafted ostensibly to be a starter, who was just so good that they could, they couldn't go away from him. Now they're set up for eight or 10 years. At some point as Ezekiel Elliott will be suspended. Sounds like maybe this week. And I guarantee you I will have Dak Prescott uh, options in that week because I, I think he's a special guy, and I don't think it really matters to him who's on the field. He's going to be dynamic. I want Butler to get unleashed. I think he's oh, a real man, talent. So do I. Yeah. So do I. 
they keep suppressing him for whatever reason, and they're married to Williams. It's the case of the X's and the and the Z's, right? Where he he plays the wrong position. Where you know, can't they just teach him how to be a a receiver who plays off the line of scrimmage? They can't do that. I mean, I don't know. know. (laughs) Sure, Uh, to get open. I know he dropped a pass in the sun last week, which which kind of begs the question of why do you have the sun shining down in the middle of football (laughs) field? Spend a buck or two on that stadium. You know, but I digress. Yeah, Bryce Butler sure seems to get open a heck of a lot. They should have hired uh, George Costanza to be the architect there to build that stadium or something. But uh, all right, well, we're behind. Uh, hot take. Fire away, Andy. Uh, yeah, if I've got a – oh, let's see. If I've got a hot take you, I'm going to say that Devontae Booker uh, is not only the more valuable uh, Broncos running back this week, but is ultimately in season-long leagues the most valuable Broncos running back rest of season for whatever that's worth. Uh, he's looked really good to me the last couple of weeks. It's 12 carries over the last two games, over 60 yards. He's the one who catches passes, right? C.J. Anderson has like two receptions over the last four weeks. So Devontae Booker is the guy who has a little PPR element to his game. Um, and C.J. Anderson just seems like a spent force right now, right? He's injured. He's got the ankle. I don't believe he even practiced today because he's got an illness as well. Um, not running particularly well lately. And Booker was one snap away from him last week, right? They were separated in in terms of touches by just one, in terms of snaps by just one. I think Booker is ascending and CJ is just about cooked. And then you get the great matchup this week with New England. They allow over five yards per carry. Yeah, it seems like a spot where he also can catch like, you know, seven or eight dump offs or so playing some catch up if things go the way uh, it's expected as far as New England versus Denver as well. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? By all means, chime in there, Scott, and also give me uh, give me your hot take. I can see it in part because you know, Charles hasn't really gotten enough volume to be in the way either. I, I don't, it's not that I really want to get invested in this offense, but the price is right on Booker. It does seem like he's the one guy that maybe they can hang their hat on in this backfield. And you know, they're going to try to hide their quarterback or limit their quarterback as much as possible. I think that for the price, there's certainly profit potential there and I could sign off on it. Uh, my hot take, remember in rounders where they play in the Ivy league football game, I'm, I'm sorry, poker game. And, um, if you look closely, I think you see Cameron Braid and Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. <laughs> These guys went to Harvard together. They have the secret handshakes. You know, they have all that stuff that goes along with it. And now it's back in business. Uh, and look, I am sick of watching an injured Jameis Winston play. I know he's ostensibly, you know, a star quarterback if he's healthy, but he hasn't been healthy all season. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a flawed quarterback. We've seen it before, but he's healthy. Went to Harvard. He's got the H on his hat. So does Cameron Braid have that H. Guys are going to hook up at least once, I think maybe even twice, in the game of the year, Jets-Tampa Bay. <laughs> move, move over, uh, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. We got <laughs> I'm still trying to get NBC to televise this game. Or, you know, maybe Yahoo could simulcast it or something. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm calling it. Fitzpatrick and Brait are going to hook up and have a big game. At least, I'm saying at least one touchdown, which means maybe two. Who knows? What's the record for a touchdown for a tight end of the game? Maybe Bray challenges this. You're going to know the Harvard fight song by the end of this game. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I'm, you have to think that some of those uh, extra targets from Evans are going to be distributed, distributed to uh, – right, No Evans. How could I not mention that? Yeah, no Mike Evans, of course. To Bray as well. And, like, do, do you consider a guy like, uh, like Adam Humphreys in the slot for 12 bucks? Is he also in play for you? Yeah, just because, you know, they have to do something with the Evans targets, and I don't think the running game is going anywhere. And – and, you know, Fitzpatrick, he, he's got that, um, if I can say, DGAF. I mean, he's got a little, I, I just don't really care. I'm just going to chuck it downfield. We'll see what happens. You know, I, I'm sure the Jets will probably get a couple of interceptions in this game. But, um, you know, Fitzpatrick will get his stuff too. Yeah, again, Humphreys, you know, we're, there are so few 
um, receivers you want to pay up for. It's not like if you go cheap at receiver, you're missing the three or four sure things that everybody else has that it makes me more open-minded to, to maybe go for some of the cheaper receivers where in the years past, I'd be like, Oh no, I got to have the $32, this guy, the 30, $31, that guy, because I'm going to be screwed when he goes off. I just never feel that worried about the high price receivers now, you know, even Brown. I mean, it's, I know it's the Colts and everything, but it's the road game. It's, it's an offense that's been all about the running back. I mean, I don't know if, can you justify Brown at his price this week? So yeah, I see, I see the case for Humphreys. I'm not sure I'll have exposure to him, but I'm at least going to, going to pause on it. And I guess I probably won't have exposure because I, at Braid at 19, I think is a really good value. Scott, so, uh, Scott mentioned something there that I wanted to hit on. Um, and that is the great thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick is he can support the fantasy assets on his own offense and he can support the opposing defense too, right? Like <laughs> for sure you're getting a couple of turnovers from the jets in this one. They're like 11 bucks in Yahoo's daily game. I mean, I, I like if you're going cheap at defense, I think that's a great plan. Yeah. I like it. We uh, we joke about the narratives a lot, but like you know, Fitzpatrick believes he's he's legit. Like he's taught, he's not shying away from it. He really wants this game. And uh, again, the double Harvard deal going down. We got ASJ who hates the other side. We got double narrative. You know, narratives all over the place. And that game is going to be a ton of fun. Seriously, if you're going to rank how I rank the games to watch this weekend, it's definitely uh, it's on the it's on the uh, you know the Olympic uh, you know stand or something. Like the if podium. That's it's, a it's, it's, game. I'm just going to be in a corner weeping and crying and you know penny, <laughs> penniless. The cube of shame. It's not going to be fun. I hope things go well. As far as uh, my hot take this week, a Carlos Hyde, 23 bucks. That's perfectly reasonable for me. We're a few weeks separated away from the, remember that whole uh, hot hand nonsense there with San Francisco. That's, that's some silliness, right? 28 targets as far as the passing game in the last three weeks. Part of that has to do with the fact that they're dreadful and terrible and there's nobody else to pass the ball to. And, you know, they're always playing catch up, but he's, he can run the ball as well. As a matter of fact, he's ran the ball the second most in the NFL, as far as carries inside the five yard line, the giants, their, their defense is pretty weak. It's actually been pretty disappointing. I expect it to be much better this year. Uh, 25th DVOA when it comes to the run. 24th uh, DVOA when it comes to uh, receivers, uh, running backs becoming receivers out of the backfield. I'm going to call, let's say, uh, 150 yards and a score. Sure, why not? Are we all aboard uh, Carlos Hyde, Andy? I am, actually. Um, I'm starting him in at least two lineups. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in attendance at this game, by the way. I'm going to be among the dozens in attendance. Did you lose something? Or how, how'd that come about? <laughs> well, I because we're filming Fantasy Football Live, like, you know, a couple miles away. Uh, did we sign a contract with C.J. Beathard that I don't know about? I, well, I, this gives me a chance to be there for what is perhaps the final game of the C.J. Beathard experience. The last days of disco, yeah. right. Yeah, the final games of Beathard. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm missing out on George Kittle. That's a bummer. These are all Iowa connections. Um, so yeah, I'm fully on board with uh, Carlos Hyde. This is another one of those situations where there's, there's, I mean, even though it's a bad team, right. There's almost no chance that, uh, that New York just runs away from San Francisco in my mind. So, uh, and plus Hyde can catch the ball. So it's going to be in play all day. Yeah. I, too late for them to sign Sean Green trade for CJ Fedorowitz or what, what can we do here? Can, can <laughs> AC Earl or Roy Marble show up? Uh, I'll Roy put a call in. I, I know a guy. I'll put a call in for you. Uh, yeah, Kittle not playing as well too. Like, uh, I mean, is anybody interested in in the, the lesser Selleck brother? <laughs> like, so Garrett That's Selleck right, for, right. for ten bucks, who hasn't like if even in college the dude didn't, didn't do anything. I guess he hasn't been given an opportunity. Yeah, I suppose. I, I love the lesser. I love the lesser brother game. You know, like the Billy Ripkins and <laughs> Baldwin's and. Um, Tommy Aaron, Tommy Aaron, Aaron, yeah, Aaron, you know, yeah, I love that game. Uh, Keith Crowder and Bruce Crowder, uh, you can go on and on. Billy Ripken will be forever remembered for his baseball card. If yes. you Google that one, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, yeah, 
I think he gave that out as a wedding favor uh, to his wedding party. That's a pretty solid gift. Uh, all right, we got to stop. We, oh, all right, $10 ballers. Let's, let's knock out our $10 ballers. They're not specifically $10. I think all of us, we all cheated this week. Scott, who's uh, your $10 punk this week? Man, I feel dirty doing this because the Green Bay offense is so awful, but it's back into a timeshare. I expect them to be behind against the Bears. So I think Ty Montgomery is going to catch a bunch of cheap passes. He's 13 bucks. I don't really want this to happen because I have some Aaron Jones seasonal shares that I would like to have to be worth something before I throw them in the garbage can. But I think this is a week that even though they start off as a hot hand or they start off as a timeshare, the Bears control the game. And, oh, oh you look up and Ty Montgomery has seven catches. I like him at 13 bucks. Andy, you got to take as far as the Miami backfield. Um, yeah, well, uh, Damian Williams is 11 bucks, and it's basically a 50-50 split. Maybe it's 52-48, whatever. We know that Kenyon Drake has never been a full workload guy. Um, maybe he was in high school. He certainly wasn't in college. He's not going to be now. Uh, Williams had one of the touchdowns of the week last week, right? He bulldozed a couple guys, dove into the end zone. They love him at the goal line. They liked him at the goal line last year, and he's going to catch five or six passes. So there, there's no way he doesn't earn $11 in this one. So my, uh, my $10 baller is a $15 T.Y. Hilton, and this is not point chasing. This is price chasing. Uh, you know, look, I'm willing to pay. It's, we're living in the world of a confined salary cap. I'm willing to pay for anybody for the right price, and I'm willing to fade anybody at the wrong price. Mm-hmm. And I understand this matchup's not great. I totally get it. But he's $5 above the stone minimum as far as the asking price on Yahoo. Uh, look, they're probably going to be chasing. They're probably going to be down, so they're going to be chucking. And, of course, he's in a dome where, you know, he's much better at home on the turf. Uh, again, bad matchup, great price, uh, really, really appealing to me. Uh, and it's not, look, that last week, I know that goofy touchdown he had. By the way, is that been rampant this year? It feels like it's happened more times than, like, uh, I don't know what's going on as far as just, just touch a guy when he's down. How about that? Seriously, you know what? The Bilal Powell play was the worst. Um, <laughs> the standing around him while he was flopping around on the ground, and nobody just laid a hand on him. Oh, that the was whole so time you're like, what are you doing? You know this isn't a touchdown. You know this is coming back. And then it was a touchdown. By the way, I want to congratulate you about the Hilton call. I do believe that's the most expensive $10 baller we've had all year. So <laughs> we're pumping through new ground. I feel like confetti should should, should drop. And, and again, you know, just to back up Hilton and to endorse him, I think I wish Jacoby Brissett were still on the Patriots. I, I mean, they traded him for Philip Dorsett. I mean, well, well they didn't have any traffic cones they wanted to get rid of or a kicking tee or a couple of old footballs. I mean, what a giveaway. Jacoby Brissett is at least really good backup and maybe even a low end starter in the NFL and the Patriots gave him away for nothing. Yeah. He seems competent of nothing else. And as far as backups go, that's not like, that's an endorsement. <laughs> Some of the, you, think we the, the, you think the Texans wouldn't like to have Jacoby Brissett right now? Oh, Matt, the, the Packers. They, they, Matt McGloin got signed there. I don't know what's going on. Houston is such a disaster. And like, we're not getting a discount on Hopkins. Like it's just, you know, we're not, we weren't planning to talk about Hopkins, but Hopkins is what the $34. Like he's probably going to see like 15 or 16 targets. But like not all targets are created equal. And his targets yeah. are created poorly because you have to somehow get through on ugly volume. And you know, uh, there's going to be some weeks where he may get like 13, 14 targets and catch two passes. That's how bad Savage is. And and look at what it does to Will Fuller. He, he went from a difference-making player in seasonal and DFS to a guy who might as well not even be on the sheet anymore. Yeah, yeah. He's no longer Chris Carter. We can't say that about him, just catching touchdowns. But that is the show. We, uh, we, this one just kind of flew by for whatever reason. Our time is up, but we got to step aside. Before we do that, uh, Scott, tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, Scott underscore Pianowski, only about 17 hours a day. So uh, you know, try to time your schedule right, and we'll link up. We can talk about football, music, or uh, anything you want to. Talk about Radiohead one of these days. Talk about Radiohead. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
I saw you talking about Radiohead the other day about the Benz and how it's the definitive best Radiohead album of all time. And I, 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 also, right. I, I did link to a um, a cover that the Radiohead did of a, of my favorite Smith song, the Headmaster Ritual. It came out ten years ago this week, and uh, just a dynamic version. So if you're a Smiths fan, a Radiohead fan, or damn it, if you're just a Scott Pianowski fan, uh, get over to their Twitter and check that out. I'll give it a click. I'll check it out. Andy, where, where can the people find you? Uh, if you want to have a conversation about the replacements, I'm here for you. Uh, <laughs> at Andy Barons. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know that I keep exactly Scott's hours, but I am, I'm there for you very early in the morning. I'm, I'm there for you more hours than not. Yeah, office hours is what you keep. Banker's hours. <laughs> I want to talk uh, about Arcade Fire or The National. Those are the bands I want to talk about. Oh, sure, conversation 16 or Blood Buzz Ohio. <laughs> Great tunes. There you go. Uh, all right, that's our show. We're stepping aside. We're getting out of here again. Uh, if you guys want to play on Yahoo this week, $75,000 baller is in the lobby right now. $10 to jump in that. Uh, 10K to first if you bink it. Turn 10 bucks into 10K. That's good times. With that, he's Scott. He's Andy. I'm Dean. Thanks for watching. Good luck in week 10. We're out of here. Holler. Go Bears.